he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. And welcome back. That's right. We're here with another episode of Bolotified, the one and only event entertainment podcast dedicated to the world. Event entertainment and engagement, be it live, be it virtual. And I'm here with my cohort in crime being Anthony Bolotta, myself. My cohort being Alex Apostolidis. Hey, Alex. Hello, Anthony. How's tricks? Tricks are good. You know, trying to fight off a little cold. So if I sound sniffly, I'm sorry. This change in weather, as much as I'm loving it, and the hail this morning, and the wind is just crazy outside my plate now, and I'm loving it. That's my favorite thing in the world is super strong wind. So, you know, wanting to curl up and take a nap, but also stay awake because I'm kind of really digging the weather. It's there's something invigorating about rain uh, for me as well. Uh, You know, it does help me to sleep at night, but uh, in the morning, it also helps me to get up and the wind, the wind that's howling around us feel the same way. I mean, it is howling. It's cool. It's cool. Well, if it weren't for the hail this morning, I might have had a difficult time getting up. My brain was all a a war last night, unfortunately. So I think it was finally about 4.30 or 5 when I fell asleep. But uh, that Uh, hail just got me up and at them. So have you tried that app Calm? Um, I actually listened to something very similar that helps me. I listened to uh, like an 11 hour meditation music Uh and that really works. I watched something with Ileana, which I have seen before and love it's very powerful but as a woman who's had some experiences in life it activated things last night so I (laughs) I'm a little cray cray sometimes so I literally had to sit up in bed and have a full-on argument vocally to get it out of my system and to say the things that I wished I had said and done in the moment, I had to do it last night. Mm-hmm. And then finally, once I, after going through that loop for a couple of times, then I was able to quiet my brain. So ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who <laughs> don't know, this is what we call Greek self-torture. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you see, it's Greek. It's very common among the Mediterranean countries. Uh, um, I'm Italian of Italian descent, and you know we do a lot of that same kind of self torture. But wow! Yeah, but you know, it's you good. feel better today. I feel better. I'm tired. Are you cleansed? <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a French bathed. I'm not fully cleansed. Okay. <laughs> so maybe tomorrow morning you'll feel much better. Now that uh, you know you'll have a little more sleep, hopefully tonight. Yeah. Yes. It is supposed to be uh, windy and rainy at least until ten o'clock tonight, and then shucks, it's going to be sunny again tomorrow. Well, that's good because tomorrow I'm driving into the office. Oh, great! I like it rainy when I'm home, not when I got to drive. Yeah, I totally agree. 
Uh, totally agree. And and speaking about driving in the rain, uh, this brings to mind a segment that I actually like to bring up, and that's a lot of B. That's a lot of B. And that's a lot of B. Brilliance okay. or bullschlacke. Brilliance or bullschlacke. It's the that's a lot of B segment. And that's a lot of B. The argument is whether it's brilliance or bullschlacke, we'll call it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll discuss an, uh, uh, just a topic, a, a circumstance, a situation that comes up, and we'll, we'll discuss it here. But we ask you, our listening audience, to chime in as well. You can do so by emailing us at info at bolada.com or finding the Boladify tab on our website, bolada.com. You can uh, give us your interpretation of this. This is the situation for this. That's a lot of B. I want to know if it's brilliance or bullschlacke. All right. So a friend of ours recommends a delicious Italian re restaurant to us. I use my Yelp app to find the restaurant. And on Saturday night, I placed an order there and I placed it through Yelp, through the Yelp app, which is, uh, I believe, in partnership with Grubhub. I think it's actually through Grubhub. So I placed an order with the restaurant through that app. I drive the 15, 20 minutes it takes to get to the restaurant. Um, and, you know, living in San Diego, uh, this I live in, in what's called North Park, which is close to downtown. This is an area called UC, which is further north a bit. Uh, so it's about a 15, 20 minute drive outside of my little area where I would normally go. I arrived at the restaurant and give my name to retrieve my order and a manager, I presume it was a manager, hands me my order and as he does, says with a stern tone to me, hey, next time order directly, don't use those third parties, they take 30%. On the part of the manager, brilliance or bullschlacke? is my question. Wow. Hmm. Right? Can right, I ask a question? Please. <clears throat> was, because I wasn't there and tone is everything, was he insinuating that money was being taken away from him or was it in an effort to save you money? The insinuation was that money was being taken away from him. And that's a great question. Great question, and to my thinking. Any others? Um, I'm, I, so I don't know if you know this about me. My family owned a restaurant. We were right. the only Sicilian family in a redneck town to own a Chinese restaurant. Great. That's and it was very price. successful, by the way. It was very, very successful. Because uh, why do rednecks know about Chinese food to begin with? But anyway. It, it's the Greeks. The Greeks know about Chinese food. Greeks and the Jews, we know about Chinese food. Um, I'm floored that the, especially as a first-time customer, he didn't hand you your food and say, thank you for your patronage. Maybe next time try this. Mm-hmm. It helps all of us. Mm -hmm. I, I just, 
I, I don't know. I mean, that, that to me would make me not come back. Yeah, that was pretty much how I felt. Uh, my response to him was, well, I found you through Yelp. Now, I really found him through a, a friend who had brought us the food and we tasted it and loved it. And we decided that we would order from there, even though it was a bit of a trek. And it was easier for me as the consumer because I had already set up the app and, you know, through Yelp and, and had ordered food through it previously, that when I went to find the restaurant on Yelp, it was just easy for me to order right there. My credit card information was already there. So I just chose it. It didn't even dawn on me. And um, he knew nothing about me when I walked in. First time customer, right? You said it first time. He knew nothing about me and offered me nothing to, to circumvent that third party didn't say to me as a consumer, listen, go direct next time. Here's 10% off. Just said, exactly. go direct, right? And and had no, didn't know when he said that to me that I had gotten to them through, through Yelp. Of course, I said that to him. And man, I walked out of there. And it was all I could think about the, the entire drive home. And the only reason why I didn't mention it to D'Angelo is because I wanted it to be fresh for this topic tonight. But I agree. I, the food is delicious and I want to go back, but it, he completely cut off in this case, maybe not in this case, because I might've looked elsewhere to find him, but had I found him, really found him through that app, he would have cut off truly the hand that feeds him because I'm sorry they take 30%. I'm very sorry as a consumer, but that's the last thing on my mind when I'm ordering food from you. Here's the other thought too. He has the choice to not do business through Yelp. That's his choice. He's choosing. That's and correct. when we get back to normal and we will, Driving an extra 15, 20 minutes out of your way to go to somebody's establishment and dine in. And the dine-in experience was very important to me. I based my tip on my experience. Yes, I want the food to be good. Mistakes happen. I want my server to be fun, to be smile on the face. I want them to know I appreciate them. That's what my tip is based on. If I go, I've been to restaurants where the food is fabulous but the service is horrible or the people are not friendly or they make me feel unwelcome. I don't go back. I don't care how good the food is. I can make it myself pretty much. Right. Right. And I think that's the way that as a business owner, I of course think about my business. You know, I always say, don't give people a reason not to call us. You know, they'll find a, enough reasons mm -hmm. not to come on their own. Right. Uh, but I'm just blown away that he didn't even take a moment to get to know who this customer was before he, he didn't chastise me, but it sure felt that way. I felt like I was being chastised. And uh, he, he, he took no time to consider what I might be able to bring to his business. None of it. He, he poured all of his frustration onto me as the customer. And I'm sure he didn't mean to either. I'm sure he wasn't trying to be 
you know, um, unhospitable unho un, uh, or rude or, uh, or ungrateful, even though that's the way it came across to me. I mean, he did thank me and ask me to come back. He welcomed me back, but at that point I thought, well, I'm not really sure if I want to come back because you're right. He makes the choice to do business with these operators. And there was another thing that crossed my mind too as I was leaving, and that is it's the, the economy is doing poorly, right? And while he lost 30% of this transaction, if that's the way he chooses to look at it, instead of understanding that he really may have gained from his perspective, 70% of something that wouldn't have been there before, you know, instead of looking at it the way that he did, he doesn't bear in mind the fact that we're keeping business. Everybody gets a little piece of the pie and that's okay. It is okay. Yeah. It's and okay. It's the potential to have a customer for life or the duration of the restaurant, which is repeat businesses, everything. Right. And again, listen, this is not about me feeling as the customer, well, he's concerned about saving 30%. What's in it for me? But as the customer, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. And so as the business owner, if that's the approach you want to take, and I don't suggest this because I think it's ethically wrong, but if that's the approach you want to take, then offer 10%, offer an incentive yes. to get people Great. to come back to you directly. We work through a lot of middlemen in our business and our business is a little bit more specialized. The business of live event, you know, production and entertainment and engagement. And so you get to know players and uh, you work through channels, sometimes uh, destination management companies, meeting planners, event planners, uh, sometimes just the, the partner of the CEO. You know, I mean, it's a range of people who get, who get taxed with these events or who do them for a business. And the bottom line is this, when you choose to put somebody in the middle and to take uh, orders, if you will, from somebody in the middle, you make a conscious decision to do so. And at no time in, in my mind, do you ever have the right to circumvent that person because that's the person that brings you the business. Now, of course, if things go awry, you handle them professionally and you say to the person who brought you the business, this is going on. How do you suggest we handle it? You ask, you do it, you know, as a team. And, and that's the way to keep relationships. That's the way to keep them from eroding and to run a business built on integrity and trust. And so I'm not for cutting out the middleman. And it's different in our business. As I just said, it's much more specialized than a delivery service like Grubhub. Uh, I suggest that if you run a business, you just be very careful about that. And if it if you decide that I am you're going to uh, do business with somebody who will get in the middle, know that it's gonna come with a lot of frustration uh, and a lot more time, uh, but you can build relationships that will last a lot longer and you might develop something with someone who's able to bring you business from a variety of sources that you may never ever see otherwise. So it's good 
to keep those intact. 100% agree. All right. So if you have any thoughts, if you think we're wrong, Alex and I, we think that in this case, um, the owner's actions is a case of that's a lot of bullshlaka, <laughs> right? So it's just a lot of bullshlaka. So if you disagree or if you agree, let us know at info at bolada.com or you can find us uh, on our website, bolada.com. Just find the Boladify tab. We just came off uh, one of the most probably well-watched, most beautiful inaugurations in recent history. Uh, And we wanted to just um, talk about that for a moment before we bring on our guest, because there were some really extravagantly beautiful moments Mm -hmm. there done virtually. First of all, let's start with a fact or two. Now, um, you brought to mind a fact that I thought was very funny, but let me start with mine because it's a little gentler. (laughs) So... So I I read that um, you know FDR is the only president that was inaugurated four times, and the fourth time was in 1945, and the war wasn't over yet. It was still you know World War II was still going on, and he was not doing very well health wise either. This was the beginning of. Could you imagine fourth term, especially in light of what? No, we won't talk politics. <laughs> no. Um, but his, so, so the point is that that inauguration was 15 minutes long. It's the shortest in history because, you know, at that point there was a war going on. He didn't see the need to spend a lot. He'd already been inaugurated three times. It feels a little old, I'm sure, but that's the shortest. His fourth inauguration is the shortest. This, first of all, it's the only fourth inauguration ever. And he also had the only third inauguration ever. Um, but I'm also the shortest at 15. And also, you may know this one, until 1933, Inauguration Day was March 4th. Did you know that? I did not know that. I mean, that was before my time, thank goodness. So I didn't, I know, and actually I did, I should know that, but I didn't. And you know why? Why? Well, that's the time that it took for the votes to be counted, because Um, remember, everything was manual back then. And for newly elected officials to travel to the Capitol. You know, you had to give people time. It wasn't like they got on a, packed a few bags. Well, I'm not, I don't mean to minimize it. It's still difficult today, but it was enormously more difficult than to arrange these things. And it took more time. Uh, so yeah, but it was moved in 1933. It was moved. Uh, and, and lame duck presidencies have a lot to do with that. The fact that, um, you know, a lot of change in the world and, uh, uh, logistically things were more possible. So let's push it to January and, and, and cut this lame duck session that we're in uh, as best we can. And speaking about lame ducks, what was that other fact? <laughs> so this I found very, very interesting. And I will say, I watched this, this inauguration through a different lens. I normally just watch them and enjoy them and let things wash over me. But this one, I was really kind of honing in on the factoids and everything. So um, our our past president is 
only the fourth president in our history and the first in more than a hundred years to not attend his successor's inauguration. The first three being John Adams, who did not attend Thomas Jefferson's inauguration, John Quincy Adams, and his successor was Andrew Jackson and Andrew Johnson. <laughs> um, so, you know, very fitting for today who did not uh, uh, attend uh, Ulysses S. Grant's inauguration. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, well, that being the case, let's all swallow that pill. Um, it was a beautiful day, beautiful mm -hmm. day. And okay, one word, Alex, if I asked you to describe the inauguration in one word, what would it be? Elegance. Mm. Mine is heart. Heart. Elegance. Why? There was a pageantry to it. There was a return to decorum and tradition. I am a very modern feminist kind of gal. And I also am a very traditionalist. And sometimes the importance of those traditions, it doesn't speak about, it's not the tradition, it's the, it's the uh, legacy, you know, and, and so for me, the kindness, and as you say, the heart and the respect that mm -hmm. went in towards each other, but also in the messaging to us, mm -hmm. for me, was beautiful and elegant. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel very proud. It was a very prideful day for me too. Uh, so full of heart and inclusion. Uh, everybody was a part of the festivities. And uh, I think that was, couldn't be more evident than in the virtual parade across America, which was just so stunning. I, 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 we could go on and on and on about just that piece, but the inauguration itself. Okay, so who would you say is the star in your mind of the inauguration itself. So that would be the actual inaugural ceremonies in the morning. I'm, I'm, I'm a little um, tied, um, obviously, Kamala Harris. I mean, I just, I have to go with that. That, that is such a, I get a little teary about this. That was such, as a female that was, and, and a mom to a daughter that was such a pivotal, groundbreaking, glass ceiling shattering moment in our history. So just that, that really stands out and her joy, her sheer giddiness over it. You can just tell she's, she's just filled with love for what she's about to undertake. Um, Amanda Gorman, of course, mm. that young woman. Electrifying. I think yeah. she's a great example. I mean, the, if you heard any interviews with her, and I'm sure that you did, Alex, after the fact, how she constructed the poem and, you know, specific uh, um, occurrences that actually shed light on the poem that she had to reflect upon in, in order to build the poem, things that happened. Um, she delivered it with such sense of self and such 
authenticity and she she didn't try to overstate what the poem was she wrote the words and let them speak for themselves and she spoke them as so elegantly as you put it and so poetically it was astounding and the picture that she created as she was speaking the hands the looks and it, it wasn't to me it didn't look like it was something okay now I'm going to look left and put my hand up and turn you know it wasn't that it wasn't five six seven eight choreographed the words were motivating her they were speaking through her through her body and out came this vision this picture that was stunning mm -hmm. it's it really is a lesson for any artist in letting the art speak through you as an instrument uh, and letting the ego go and the fear and you know the the feeling that people are looking at you that none of that is important what's important is that the art uh, is transcended through you it comes through you and she was such a magnificent example of that and okay so what did she have to overcome too should overcome a speech impediment mm -hmm. She's not from a, a money. She doesn't come from money, right? She had to work her way up. She did graduate from Harvard. Good for her. Yeah, she's she's the first National Youth Poet Laureate. Congratulations. Yeah. The name of her, interesting about it was the name of her poem and then and the and the title of songs that many people offered during the ceremony said a lot said i think and the fact the hill we climb <laughs> the fact that we're on this uphill climb is one of them uh so is demi lovato's lovely day another indication of that uh audra day during the virtual parade does a beautiful rendition of rise up and she the song is offered against the background of her in la and this beautiful young black um, roller dancer wasn't that ten, stunning 10 years old right in front of uh dc's black lives matter plaza mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was exquisite it was i was i was a giant chill blame yes and it was really a good use of imagery um simple again simple they didn't use a lot of different locations or pieces there were basically two it was audra day in la and it was this young beautiful performer in dc but it was beautifully cut and that and smile when the skater came up right up and you know at the end <sighs> gorgeous gorgeous john legend oh feeling wow. good oh my gosh whenever when i love that song like love that song and of course what's not to love about him every single aspect of that man so we are jumping around a bit. I'm sorry. What yeah. about in the morning? Uh, what did you think of uh, Lady Gaga? Oh, okay, I, I'm going to preface this because I don't want to take away from anybody who, you know, when people color the national anthem and, you know, do their, as we've talked about vocal gymnastics, that's all stunning. That's all beautiful. I love it all. For me in this moment, at this particular inauguration, the fact 
that she chose to make it about the message, about the words of the song, that she sang it. Yeah, she had her own little spit on it, but she sang it so classically. Again, spoke right into why the word for me with this was elegant. You know, I want to say two things. Um, I agree, she's a beautiful voice. I liked her rendition better at the Super Bowl. I thought it was more emphatic and more heartfelt, but she also, that's an acapella performance. And in this case, she was accompanied by the Marine Corps band. So there's a, a great difference there automatically because you're forced to follow the time, the rhythm of the band. You know, it's just too hard for a band that size. And they, I've worked with Marine Corps, Naval Corps bands. They're very strict. It's not that they're a musical and their rigidity of, you know, because they know how it works. You know, they are musical, but there's a certain decorum in the rhythm as well, in the way that, that these things are played. And so it would have been very hard for her to, I think, and disrespectful. Yes, I agree. And the fact that she made it different to me spoke into it being special for this moment in time, unlike any other performance, because there will never be that moment in time will never happen again. Right. So I have to talk JLo because I, I, I think I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I've always liked her work always from, from day one. But I've never, never really considered myself a huge fan until very recently. And I, she's just one classy lady. And I haven't heard the song because I don't have kids, as you pointed out. This land is your land. <laughs> but it was a favorite. Oh. It was a favorite of mine when I was in grade school. So it brought back a, a lot of nostalgia for me. I love the song and I love what she did with it. And I love that she included Puerto Ricans and yes. her people because they need to feel included again after these last few years. Mm -hmm. um, it was a great shout out. Yep. I thought. Such yep, a I agree. She definitely sets the standard for what 50 plus is in America, what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it represents. And uh, I'm really, I'm really proud to be an American with her. That yes, means anything to anybody. I'm proud to be an American female. With right. Not that that's any more special. It's just my perspective, you know, from, from whence I hail. Um, it, can I just also, I, I have to give to Andrea Hall, right? The first mm -hmm. black woman promoted to fire captain in South Fulton. Yes. I've always, uh, I've always wanted to learn sign language. It's, it's, you know, I taught Illy when she was a, a little baby, we taught her to communicate, you know, via sign language so that she, before her words came, she could tell us what she needed. She could tell us she was hungry, she was thirsty. And I just think that sign language is so incredibly beautiful. And again, it's, there's a pageantry. And if there, if I'm watching a show and there's signers there, I'm watching them because they're telling that story. So when she recited the Pledge of Allegiance and was signing at the same time, there weren't enough tissues around for me in that moment. Beautiful moment. I know. I know. Did you cry? I wept 
like a newborn. I'm glad because the Pledge of Allegiance should mean something. Mm -hmm. And she was able to touch your heart. Though it's very easy to touch Alex's heart. She's it kind of softy. But if you can't get to me, you need to question yourself. Right. Nobody. Right. Right. You can't get to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. There was so much, so many beautiful things about all of it all day long. Uh, it's, it felt to me like it, like we, like happy music is about to make a comeback. All righty. So with that, we are bringing on somebody that we know makes people happy. He makes us happy. We don't know him all that well. We're going to get to know him a little better today. But Alex, you know, he started his musical career at a very young age. He started playing the bass when he was in fourth grade. But what I found very, very interesting about him is that he majored in poli sci with an, <laughs> kind of topical, with an emphasis on Russian relations. He did that at UCLA. It's kind That's of That's very interesting. Right. <laughs> right. Um, in addition to being a very talented uh, musician, he also runs a real estate brokerage firm and an appraisal company. It's good to know. Very good to know. <laughs> very smart guy. And, you know, I, I know you know this about him. He's very generous. He's always willing to go that extra mile. He's done a lot of work with us with Homestart, playing at those galas. And he's the guy you want on your team because he's so easygoing. He, he's a can-do, make-it-work, Tim Gunn kind of guy, right? Yes, he is. And tell me, tell us all. He is um, the bass player and one of the vocalists within full strength. He's not the front singer, but he lends some beautiful vocals. He's also our contact there. And uh, he just, he does a great job all the way around. I think he's probably the manager of the band. He is. I do. Well, well I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's our contact. I do believe he, he takes care of all the bookings and uh, all the logistics. And but you know what he what I really like about him too though is that he's always in communication with his band. It's not uh, he he works with them. It's not a my way or the highway. He's oh yeah let me get let me talk to the band. Let me get back to you. You know and his communication skills and his he's always Johnny on the spot with an answer. You know I never wait for anything with him. Well, that's a very interesting thing that you bring up um, the fact that uh, he consults with the band. Some bands work that way and some bands don't. They have a leader or a manager or an owner and it's one person making the decisions, but in this case, it's not. And this is no small potato either. This band is 11 pieces out the door every time. It's, it's, uh, it is a live sound and they are incredible. Mm -hmm. So let's say, hello, Andrew Johnson. Nice Wait, to see you both again. You too. You're in your studio, huh? Joining uh, us from your studio, your home studio? Home studio, absolutely. Yeah, I you see know, some keyboard. I have the equipment. Yep, got the keys base? the uh, base right there. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. How are you doing there? How are you holding up during this uh, covid you know, Like everybody else, you know, it's kind of a mixed blessing and that, um, you know, had a lot of family time that we wouldn't have had otherwise. My son was supposed to start at SMU this year. Um, had, you know, finished his senior year last year and obviously all of the senior experiences that he should have had, he didn't have. Right. And uh, so SMU graciously, yeah, agreed to give him a, a gap year. So we've had him home for another year. Um, 
my daughter, who's a junior in high school, you know, she's doing the online thing and making it work. Um, fortunately, nobody that we know has, uh, has been sick. Uh, we're just keeping a real yeah. low profile here and uh, yeah. just, yeah, kind of gutting it through until we get that shot in the arm. Little bump in the road. Yeah, yeah boy. Big bump. Boy, the big bump. Big bump. And I'm sure you guys are like, uh, like we are when it comes to entertainment. I mean, it's been such a su such a hole in uh, everybody's life not having the outlet from a player's point of view and from an audience point of view as well sure. it's definitely a give and take right you know that better than anyone yeah yeah how's the how's the band doing how's the band doing well you know i mean you've seen the remote recordings that we've done so we've tried to we stay have. relevant and uh engaged with an audience um you know, and they're, they're a heck of a lot of work. I don't know if anybody really appreciates. Those are not easy like. things that you pull off. Those no. are pretty, there's a lot of production that goes into that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those mashups are, you know, usually good eight to 10 minutes. And, you know, just getting everybody to do their parts initially is, is you know, it's a bit of a project because everybody's got things that they're working on. And then, uh, you know, getting getting the, the video put together, and this is pretty much all donated, you know, I mean, it's not like, I mean, our band fund got, got trained early on in this right. process. So, right. you know, I mean, it's everybody kind of the pitching in who project. has these skills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So um, the band has actually only gotten together once since this all started. Oh, um, we, um, when was it? In early December, uh, Tio Leo's had been doing outdoor shows. Mm -hmm. And so they asked us to, uh, to, to play. And I think we played this Saturday right before the lockdown started. And um, there's five of us and, you know, we're an 11, 12 piece band. So right. there was only five of us out there. Uh, so that was very different. The fact right. that we, we, we got one short rehearsal in the weekend before. So everybody's kind of a little, little rusty there. Um, it was just Tyler on vocals and me on backup. So, um, you know, I'm struggling through there trying to, you know, as we're hitting these, you know, these backup vocal segments, like, all right, what was my part? But, you know, what was the girl's part? And would that work a little better than my part? And it's 50 degrees, so it's freezing. And as the night went on, people kind of got a little loosey-goosey with the distancing and the masks. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, this is fun, but I, I think we just need to sit this out until it's a safe environment again. So, so yeah, I don't really expect to see anybody in the band here for at least the next couple of months. Yeah. I really can't tell you uh, how it's going to roll out either. It just feels as though uh, everybody is still in standstill and those that need to are meeting mutual uh, meeting virtually and doing their events virtually. And those who don't have to are waiting as long yeah. as they can or adapting. I think we, we, um, you know, I think by the end of the year, we'll start to see people come together and we'll start to see weddings come together and um, more social events come together. Fundraisers will start to come together. It's just going to be a slow ride back. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're right. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how it gets rolled out. I mean, there's going to be the, the vaccinated versus the not yet vaccinated. And we're going to have some kind of scarlet letter and you know you you can come to the show because right, you know right. you you've got this and you can't i, I don't know It'll be do you have the papers do you have exactly papers? <laughs> what papers right 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 yeah we we don't know it does remain to be seen i will tell you that the hospitality industry has not been sitting on their fingers i mean 
you know, uh, alliances, councils, figuring out ways to allow business to happen again in a safe, proactive way. And that's going to mean, I think, some increased costs mm-hmm. that are going to be, of course, absorbed. Some won't be absorbed. Uh, and, uh, you know, it'll fare out the way that it does. Sure. Some bands are doing what's called interactive performances where they take on the spot requests and they'll do the song and there's engagement with a virtual audience. Uh, you know, I think they're, they're, that to me feels like, well, we have no other choice, but we're going to do it. You know what I mean? That's the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can't get any worse than this. Right, so right. Gonna, yeah, we're just going to make something work. Right, right, right. right. That's setting the bar. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do think um, we haven't had a chance to sell this, but I do think there's something in the production and uh, that we've sort of intimated with you in the past, all the work that it takes to put a video together. There mm-hmm. could be, to my thinking, there still is value in that from a customization point of view and a messaging point of view. And uh, I think with us, with, with our relationship, we can, when there's opportunity, bring you on and do that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're masters at creating parodies and, you know, yes. figuring out lyrics and customizing and you guys are masters at what you do. And I'd love to see something ma- made and animated that a client would use. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, having us play Shining Star, I mean, you know, th- that that wouldn't. But it, I mean, if Shining Star with customized lyrics for some yes. CEO's 60th birthday that will be shared throughout the company and something that they can hold on to always. Yeah, now that's that's unique. That's unique content. And I, I think there's pro- probably a market for that too. I think I think we just have to be, I think our clients need to get on the creative, um, you know, highway. <laughs> you know, they're, I think yeah. they're all afraid. You know, the technology is very frightening. And, and what, what I think a lot of, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, there are a lot of planners that are very uncomfortable in this arena there are going to be plenty who are not uncomfortable in the virtual arena but there are a lot who are Mm -hmm. and so their preference right now is let's hold off let's hold off and that's where um you know they're waiting and so i think that the live meeting will come back it'll be strong it'll just start small but we know of one platform that certain auditorium and a moonlight stage and we've experienced music in that virtual environment and think that it can come across most of them you know struggle with the fact that the sound is really not that great and it doesn't come across but this one apparently has the back end to help the sound feel a little fuller okay and the experience a little fuller uh but we've only experienced it once and quite honestly they didn't have you Enough said. Well, appreciate it, it that. Because there's a there's an element of fun and energy. I mean, the last time you played an event that I was at, I got up and started dancing as soon as the dance portion went on. And I was, I think, the last person to leave the dance floor. Probably. I, I think I saw that. Yep. And that's yeah. So that's, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're doing our job if that's uh if that if that's what happens.
Well, tell us more about tell us more about the group and the band. Share it with our audience. Sell us, baby. <laughs> well, I've been in the band since 2013, but I had been around for several years before that. Um, the, it was founded by a veterinarian, uh, Robert Swat Swishner, and he was a percussionist and drummer and had this, I think, more, um, more of an idea of kind of a classic funk band. And that was really the roots of the band. Um, I believe that was probably about 2010 or so. Um, I had wanted to play in a band like this for several years because uh, my background, you know, playing in the UCLA jazz band where we had a horn section and you can't be a bass player without liking dance funk music. So I've been looking for a project like this and happened to come across in 2012 uh, a Craigslist post. Uh, some band I'd never heard of that was looking for a trumpet player. And uh, so I responded and said, well, uh, I don't play trumpet, but if you ever have an opening for a bass player, you know, hit me up. I'd love to, I'd love to, to try out and didn't hear a thing for probably close to a year that I get this random phone call from Tyler. Hey, we need a bass player. Come on down and, and uh, you know, try out. And obviously I did something right. Yeah. So, so that was 2013. And at that point, the band was, um, uh, we, we had the Tia Leo's monthly rotation. Uh, and then the only other regular gig that we were doing was at the old Hennessy's location uh, downtown. And that was actually the first gig that I played. So um, I started getting more and more involved with kind of the management and the vision side of the band. Um, and in fact, the, uh, our first mashup was the 90s mashup. So we're not a band that has original material, but I like to think of our mashups as original arrangements, which, mm -hmm. which they are. They so are. The, the mashup where we combine, you know, seven, eight, nine songs within a particular theme. So it's, it's seamless. So it's, it's, it's what we're trying to do is emulate kind of that, that Vegas DJ, the music just always keeps coming uh, kind of feel. And, you know, maintaining that energy and that constant music, um, I think that's people respond to that. And for me, again, that's, that's, that's kind of the original material uh, that, that we provide. And it's fun to watch people respond to it, people that haven't seen it before uh, and you see that a lot at the, the summer concert series that we play where you know people we go to every summer uh, sunday afternoon concert kind of thing and they're doing their picnic you know and we're we stick kicking to our mashup and we're going from everybody dancing now to to beyonce and all of a sudden they're looking up like oh what, what are these guys doing <laughs> and then we kick into humpty dance and they're like oh my gosh so then, you know now they're moving around and it's really fun and that that's the interactivity part that um is really, I think what the band decided needs to be kind of our vision. So we did that first mashup, the 90s mashup in probably 2015. At this point, we've got four mashups. We've got one featuring our girl vocalists. Um, we've got an 80s mashup of Michael Jackson, and we've got a couple more in the works. And um, so that's kind of, I think what makes us a unique, well, one of many things that makes us a unique band. Um, so that's kind of been the band's trajectory, and part of that has been, you know, not only introducing these mashups and this kind of unique content, but also, you know, trying to decide as a band, you know, what our vision is going to be, what our direction is going to be. So um, that included introduction of the, the vests and, you know, trying to in, uh, incorporate more choreography and basically, you know, kind of 
bottom line is to not think as musicians, but think as entertainers, mm -hmm. because that is the crux of what we do. We got great musicians, but you know, I mean, Miles Davis is a great musician. You know, if we, we go up and turn our back on a stage, nobody's going to be interested in that. So you got to entertain, you got to find ways of engaging with the crowd uh, and doing so kind of band wide. You know, it's not that this band features, um, you know, a particular musician and everybody else is backing them up. What's featured is the band. And so, you know, it's going to be the horns or the rhythm sections, you know, and there's, there's, there's solo opportunities, but this isn't a band that's, that's, that's as focused on a particular musician's talent as the overall band's ability to entertain and engage in a crowd. Mm -hmm. It's a group mm -hmm. effort. It's a team effort. That's exactly what it is. Right. And you have to like who who you play with as well when you're doing that right it's a, because it's a family it's a yeah. family you become a family right? and they're yeah. all nice each and every each and every yeah. member yeah no it's a fabulous group and you're right and it is like a family and it's like i mean these are people from all walks of life from uh that you know that you'd otherwise probably not have the reason to interact with i mean we have mm -hmm. people we have people um uh who under 21 a uh, kid who played trumpet who was under 21 and we had to get special permission from the clubs for him to come in through a uh, guy's a guy in his mid 70s so it's just this crazy cross-section of people mm -hmm. from all walks of life and all these different professions but we have this kind of shared vision and appreciation and goal of what we want to do as a band and the kind of performance that we want to put on for people so you what you were playing Tio Leo's and for those of you who don't know it's a restaurant here in San Diego uh, one that God bless them they managed to continue to uh, offer up live music we love them for that um, so but you want to make the change now you want to start to uh, you know move into something a little bit more lucrative more of a business what do you do what what changes did you have to make what well, would you have to do well, it, it's, it's like I said, you know, it's, it's a change in kind of the band's uh, appearance in the musical style so that, um, you know, we, we embrace a broader range of dance music. Um, and then it's just, it's persistence. It's just kind of figuring out, you know, how, how you know, we, uh, we had a, we've had a Humphreys uh, backstage rotation now for probably four or five years. That came from me reaching out to uh, management probably every other week for six months before I finally got through. It's like, all right, you know, we had a cancellation here. We'll, we'll open something up for you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, Club M was like that as well. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it takes somebody or a few people in the band to really just make this um, something that, that, that they're going to commit to to doing i mean even how i how i reached you folks i mean i don't you remember that story um a good friend of mine was the marketing uh, manager or the director of marketing for the uh, hotel dell and so we had joined um sarah and her husband at the um this coronado summer concert series to watch my the untouchables because they were booked to play um that new year's eve mm -hmm. and so i said to sarah you know how, how did you get them and oh, this guy uh, D'Angelo, um, and here's his number. So I mean, it was probably a 
dozen calls and emails and all that until he kind of finally said, all right, well, here's what I am and here's what I do. And here's what the band's all about. And, you know, so the relationship just kind of develops from there, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, no, nobody throws the door wide open. No. It's, you know, it's, you really got to put your shoulder into that and keep shoving and shoving. And, right. you and know, sometimes it, it doesn't open even after all that. Well, it's timing. It's it's opportunity. It's so many, many, many things. You know, it's where agents are in their business and companies are. Mm -hmm. You develop relationships with people and, you know, you continue to use them until something goes wrong or you need something new. I mean, it's the cycle of being a human, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but that that tenacity that you displayed is something that I advocate for. And I, 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 I always say to people, be warm and tenacious, you know, do it in a very non abrasive, non ex, have no expectations, just be kind and tenacious and quick and you can't lose at the end of the day. And that's, you know, how you were. Yeah. And it, it worked. And we had some specific requests of you. Um, and you were also willing to, uh, uh, the band as a whole was willing to make changes in so much as when we do events. It's not a standard schedule. Sometimes we have to, you know, we have to break at certain times or change the way we break or change when we set up or change when we can strike. Um, and being uh, agreeable and flexible is key, right? I mean, some of the mm -hmm. what are some of the other things that you've had to, as a band, come to terms with. And you know, let's be honest here: in order to do private events, corporate gigs. Well, I mean, we've always recognized that um, there, you know, in, in a private event, then then you know, you're you're basically you work you're working at the at the clients. Uh, discretion and schedule and, you know, to not be accommodating is to ensure that you're never going to be uh, hired on again to, in, in that uh, capacity. But, um, you know, that that kind of came with this mindset that we're, we're not musicians as much as we are entertainers. And, and so being able to recognize the needs of uh, of a client uh, or, or for a particular special event and being able to meet those needs. You want a jazz combo? Sure. We'll give you a jazz combo. Uh, we just got booked to do a wedding up in um, LA in September. Boy, I hope that that happens. And her, her uh, request was um, to walk down the aisle to Adele's make you feel my love, mm -hmm. which I mean, I even, I, think about that I was like oh my gosh I can't imagine singing that through there but Pam's going to sing it and it's going to be to acoustic guitar and you know so we'll learn the song and uh, I'm sure it's going to be incredible um, so you know we're not like this you know this is our band this is our sound and you know, this right. is the only thing that we do it's like we're we're we're, we're a business in a way and, and did you have any issues with any of the band members coming, you know, bringing them into this, uh, this new world? Did you lose anybody? Did you have to replace anyone? Uh, yeah, we've had a couple of instances that um, uh, kind of made clear the fact that not everybody had this same vision. Um, you know, uh, so like I said, when I first was part of this band, you know, everybody just kind of wore what they what they wore. And it was more of what you see with a lot of bands where it's, you know, it's one song, we play it beginning to end. And there's not a lot of 
you know, there's energy, there's fun, but it's, it's not different than what Relax. we're going to see. Yeah. Right. So as and it, admittedly, it was a lot driven by, by moi uh, about get, you know, kind of creating a uniform look and uh, you know, developing these mashups. Right. Well, that, exactly. It's a brand. And um so Swats, the founder of the band, was actually the first one, uh, because as I said, he had this kind of this image of wanting to be this kind of traditional old school funk band. Swats and, up with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's great stuff, but you, you know, that's if you're going to go off to special events, um, the special events circuit, you got to have a little broader spectrum than just that. Um, so we were um, mid-show at Tia Leo's, and I heard somebody slam the sticks down, and he's like, oh, the hell with this. Packs his stuff up mid-set and walks out the door. <laughs> I was like, okay. And uh, wow. fortunate, yeah, yeah. So, um, so for a buddy of mine who happened to be there that night watching us who plays percussion. Thank God for that. Happened wow. to have some percussion equipment in the back of his truck. Thank God for that. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, he came up, made it work. Um, we had a similar in- incident with uh, the guy that's playing guitar. Um, when I joined the band, he quit pretty much mid-set in uh, Atia Leo's, uh, primarily because he, uh, you know, he, he didn't like the kind of the confines of where I think the band was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted, you know, to, to, to you know, he, he was a guy that, you know, played guitar, did the Jimi Hendrix thing with his tongue. So, oh, you know, yeah. he, he liked to do the, you know, get a lot of spotlight attention, which is, it was great. But it's like, all right, you have to also be able to take a step back and not be the guy in the spotlight. And I think he had trouble with that. Right. I want to know how you handled when somebody quits, when that happens mid gig. How, what's your, what's your process? How do you handle that? Well, uh, you know, as they say, the show must go on. And that's, you know, probably the most dramatic example of this um, is our, pretty much our entire horn section quit in mass. And this was, um, it was a revolt. It was an hour before, an hour before uh, Humphrey's backstage gig. And yeah, yeah. So um, I had been advocating for uh, the horns trying to do away with uh, music stands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as part of this evolution of the band, I had said, hey guys, you know, everybody else, you know, we, we memorize our parts and, you know, maybe we can, you know, you don't have to do it all you know, the entire, um, you know, three or four sets, but maybe we could start working in that direction because a music stand, you know, that's this barrier between you and the audience. Mm -hmm. And if there's a way of of getting, removing that and engaging more, and, you know, instead of looking at music, now your eyes are up looking at the audience. This is going to up our game. Just like all this other stuff we're working on is. Agreed. Um, So, yeah, so there was, there was one gentleman in the band who um, came from, kind of a formal big band background and very felt very strongly that, that he should have his charts in front of him and that this was professional and kind of established in the big band arena, which it, uh, it obviously is. So mm-hmm. it's not that he was wrong. It's just, uh, we obviously had a different opinion, but uh, I guess it got pushed to the point where he decided that he was going to show us um, that night at the, um, this gig 
about the damage that would happen if he didn't have the charts and he kind of held the charts for the for all the, the horn section so we got word that he was planning on showing up without any of the charts and without warning any of the horn players uh that this was going to take place yeah and uh so we got wind of that a couple hours before and, and uh he basically was asked not to not to be part of the band anymore and then right. the rest of the horde section in support of him said well you know we, we don't feel like that that we can show up and play if if he's not going to be there so right but Solidarity. Uh, yeah so you know but, but all of this stuff has has in the end made us a better band because the right. people that came in have more they understand the vision and um you know so I said you, you get through it the show must go on but it's it's all really right. worked out well you're, in the end you're all on the same wagon so to speak right yeah. now so it that really does <laughs> help and and i think the note to a musician is make a decision do you want to make money do you want to hone your craft do you want to be part of something that could be bigger than you are uh, or do you want it to be about you all of the time? And, you know, you make your decision, but if you're going to be in a group, then you have to know that you can't be the one making the decisions all the time. And, you know, the, the, what's best for the, for the group is what's best for everyone. And then you're, right. you're spot right. on too. You're not even asking for things that, right? Right, right, Alex? I didn't feel right. like it. Yeah. No. And and this is it. You know, this is the other thing that really chaps my behind when I think about it. If yeah. you're a vocalist, you, you have to have the lyrics memorized, right? Absolutely. And there are a lot more lyrics than there are horn lines in any given song ever. I totally agree. So Preach into the choir, my friend. Right, the amount of <laughs> yeah. work they had to do was the least amount of work that anybody else in the rhythm section has to do. I thought so. Wow. And if we could just kind of take it on song by song, so you know, it, we, we could kind of ramp up into it. Oh, but, but so was it? But it's but it's a different mindset. So that's yeah. what it is. I, they certainly had the capability. Yeah, they but, didn't have the the, the desire to I test just, themselves. It's just mm -hmm. weird to me. And, and I understand difference of styles and difference of opinions, but there's a time and a place. And if nothing more for your own reputation, handle it in a manner that isn't hurting anybody. Right. Isn't hurting your fellow bandmate, yeah. isn't hurting your reputation, isn't hurting the event. Yeah. Move yeah. on. That's fine. If you're not happy, but there's a right and a wrong way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think everybody that, had to deal with the aftermath of that was was justifiably disappointed in people that we've been playing with for years that um you know how able to justify that this was okay knowing that they put the band in that position at a paid gig with virtually no notice i mean i, I haven't had any contact with them since it's you know i i, I try to act professionally also um try to well I, it, it's professional it's professionalism right. and if you hold yourself out to be a professional then you're professional right. across the board well and that's when you show yourself to be a professional is when it's not easy to be a professional right that's when right. you really prove who you are right what do they say and the right thing isn't always easy and the easy thing isn't always right exactly exactly and you know uh i mean that that 
to me is the is the absolute worst thing you can do. You know, as a producer, I I would never. I've I've, I've had clients. They don't do it so much anymore, Andrew. But at the beginning of my career, people didn't really understand clients the, the coming together of the arts and these corporate you know audiences that would come in and you know the expectation they would have and the lack of respect they would have that that's long gone mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. I did have those clients that would say to me tell that band to stop playing right now get them off right now and expect me to like go up on stage and do the song and say, stop. Uh-huh. Right? I would never do anybody with a theater background would never do no, that. No, no. But that never. was the sort of ins- insensitivity, you know, but that no longer exists in our world. There's a, be- there's more of an appreciation for the, for what musicians bring. Uh, mm-hmm. And there, and I think we have a lot to do with it, quite honestly, as an agency, making sure that people get treated, artists get treated the right way when they're on site, and that clients understand, hey, you know what, they're vested. It's not like this is just a gig, they're vested, they want this to be successful. And that's why they're here, because their their success is your success. It's a very different thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you step up to the plate, Yes. Your group steps up to the plate every single time. And well, I appreciate uh, that. I yeah. appreciate it very much. And, and really kind of on the flip side, the fact that, I mean, you understand a band's needs and, and, and the context of the events that, that you're managing is so appreciated because um, it's certainly not, it's not always the case. Um, no, you I'm, know. I'm sure, I'm sure it isn't. No, I apologize well, I gotta, for all I, those people. Uh-huh. My favorite is when I email Andrew for working on something and yeah. I have a list of questions and requests. And basically the one sentence response I get is, Alice, whatever you need, we'll make it happen. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. it. We'll make it happen. <laughs> you further refine the band. It used to be full strength funk. Now you're full strength. Right. Right. You've reached right. and that speaks to the fact that you do more contemporary, uh, more of a wide ranging uh, 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 repertoire. Correct. That in addition to the fact that uh, as we want to pursue more of the, the corporate special event uh, types of uh, gigs, that people that aren't familiar with band, uh, there was concern that maybe the word funk it might not have the same connotation to everybody right. else. Well, because funk, right. I mean, the, the original mean, form uh, of funk actually right. was malodorous. So, you know, if you see funk, it, maybe it may not be the positive connotation that we wanted to create. And yes, that plus the fact that it does allow us to play a broader uh, range of music. So that was all part of the rebranding that took place. Um, a year or two ago and the new promo video and new logo and um yeah it's just it's and then the the the, the light up um led synced um, wristbands mm-hmm. it's just you know constantly trying to find ways of really upping our performance value to to an audience um and you know just just looking looking yeah. constantly looking for those those new directions I'm going to make a prediction and I could be wrong, but I sense that um, some lessons will be taken from the virtual environment that we're in now and that there'll be clients asking for bands that can do on the spot requests. 
And so I would start thinking about that. And that doesn't there that can be that can absolutely be handled with some parameters around it. You know, I think um, we don't have to think, oh, I mean, Scott, for, um, there's trillions of songs, you know, but you know, <laughs> yes. um, maybe it's from a list. Um, so maybe it's one of those, you know, evenings where the list of songs is presented, but the way they're presented, the order that they're presented in is based on what the audience decides you know mm -hmm. but that mm -hmm. kind of interactivity and the ability i've been saying this for like 10 years maybe 20 the the days of silent audiences are gone passive audiences i mm -hmm. buy 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 and this virtual um time this covidity we've been in yes yeah. <laughs> okay that people like to be part of the action yes so Right. They want to be seen, mm -hmm. heard, noticed. Um, the inauguration was all about that. Yep. This idea mm -hmm. of virtual parades is going to be very big where people can send in little video snips of themselves that are then brought together in some kind of thematic way. So I just encourage you to keep thinking about how you can further engage the audience live because that won't go away. That need won't go away. It'll just move over a bit. Mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. yeah there are yeah. always lessons there's always something to be there's always a price to be paid is it yeah kind of is that the case <laughs> it pays to stay in school <laughs> it sure does <laughs> oh my gosh uh well you know you are a businessman you don't just do music you're a businessman and you and man and you understand the need to uh to make sure that the client is front of mind and their needs and their goals and objectives are what's in full view. And yep. it's, and you have, you and your band understand now that when that happens, that's magic and that's great fun and that's great reward. And of course you get paid to do it as well. So there's nothing better than that, right? Uh, it, you know, and it's interesting. Um... I mentioned, you know, this cross section of people that are in the band and, um, you know, I, I'd probably do it for nothing just because I get so much enjoyment out of it. And I'd say, you know, it's probably half the band. Alex, but then, take a note. Take that note. <laughs> but, but then we're going to pay the other half of the band twice as much. So that it's going to cost the same. Yeah, but right. No. Very good. Very good. Very quick. Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. But <laughs> but there are people that, you know, they're, they're younger and they they do rely on the income that we're able to generate. And so then you're kind of in this, you know, it's a, it's a big band, so everybody gets a pretty small piece of the pie. So right. we have to be able to to generate enough from a gig to to make it worth people's while. And you know, we've had several musicians that uh, I mean, great musicians. I mean, Sarissa, I'm sure you you remember, who was a fabulous wow. musician. Um, but there's somebody uh, who I have great admiration for because they've really decided to really make music their, their primary objective. But once you do that, now you know all the, you're, you're, you know you're not necessarily willing to come to a practice every week because you know you're driving down from North County or wherever you're you're coming from, and if you know it's it's music is now about making money, then if you know, if you can pick up a, a Thursday night gig when the band usually practices, or if you can be playing with a four piece band that's making $500 instead of a 12 piece band that's making a thousand, you know, it, it all starts becoming, right. and, and a total 
necessity. I appreciate that completely. And like I said, there's several musicians that we've played with that are all top of their game, uh, but weren't able to stay with the band kind of long-term because of that, that consideration. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between a band such as yours and a pickup band, which is basically a group of players that come together. Somebody has charged, they charts, they've played together mm -hmm. before, and they're going to come together to play an event. Very, very different feel, mm -hmm. very different product, yep. very different energy. The counterpoint to that is that musicians at a certain caliber uh, should be able to show up at a gig without really the benefit of much of a rehearsal and be able to, to pull it off. I mean, I, I, it was a stressful night, but I, I, got, I got asked to sub with a band. Uh, I'd never met a single person in the band. I wasn't familiar with about 75% of their material mm -hmm. and I had two hours. And, uh, you know, you walk into a venue and try, you know, trying to figure out who, you, who you're going to be getting up on a stage with it. Right. And no. we pulled it off. People enjoyed it. No, that's that we say that too in our office too. It's not that you can't do it. It's just that you don't really want to do it that way. Well, exactly. And, Cause you and, want to have fun with it. And right, that's not fun right. when you're stressed. Right. right. And when you have 11 people in a band, it's about coming together. The rehearsal helps you to solidify the group as a as a product so that you can work out some of the kinks in the movement and some of the you exactly. know the, the expressions of phrasing and that's what that's about and yes. so it does take a dedication to the group it's not you're not good enough or you're too good <laughs> you know to rehearse i don't need to rehearse yeah but yeah, yeah. You, but you know yeah yeah you but still need to figure out the steps with everybody else or if right. there's a three or four part harmony where you're going to sit in and if it needs tweaking it's, it's none of us are an island right that, you know right. an 11 or 12 piece band there's nobody's an island if you're like a three-piece rock band okay sure you know yeah yeah nobody's an island yeah yeah alex what but were you gonna say i, I love well it, it, and this speaks into you and the band and one of the reasons why I, I like working with you guys is your generosity of spirit even to speaking about you know sarissa and, and gosh she's, she's amazing and her her decision but you speak about her with kindness and generosity and support and that's what I see with you guys when you're all on stage mm -hmm. is an actual just joy being yeah. together. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I see that you would have that whether we were there or not. The audience can be there or you can be in rehearsal. And I think you still have that same joy because you're doing what you love. And that comes Absolutely. from rehearsing. That too comes from rehearsing because you don't have to focus on stage uh, on all those tiny little things that you focused on at rehearsal. You could now allow yourself to be free from the music and the music stand and all those technical little issues, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, and absolutely. That's, and that's that's the magic that's created when you're live and you're present, all the things that you're talking about now and the look and the feel of the band, very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be this constantly evolving process, which which also makes it exciting right because it's it's not static it's it's kind of, it's always going to be moving in some direction and uh yeah i, I think that's add, adds to uh, how much fun it is to play you, with these folks you know you learn a lot about, about them right and and it's it's going to be interesting when you come back together as a team uh, i'm sure that there are going to be a lot of hugs when you're able to hug again absolutely and and I'm I'm feeling like you're gonna you're gonna just get right back in a song like it was just yesterday, you know. I think that's, so. That's my I think prediction. so. I mean, I know I've been spending a lot of time 
like everybody else here, you know, kind of kind of honing my chops and working on stuff that I normally wouldn't be working on if we were uh, playing out, you know, three, four times a, a month and right. rehearsing the same amount of time. I mean, I think that, you know, ha having this 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 isolation, I think is hopefully is given gives everybody an opportunity to kind of, you know, work on technique that they wouldn't otherwise be doing. Right. So when we call come back together again with that under our belts, look out world, it's going to be it's going to be fun. And it's going to be fresh again. Yeah. You know, it's for, for a moment in time, it will be fresh again. And that's something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we became so oversaturated with everything, you know, so many events to go to, uh, so much to choose from, you know, people didn't have the time. And I'm looking forward to people just being happy that they can go out and enjoy a band and dance. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. What, what people took for granted uh, before this, that it's going to be uh, available to them again. I think the level yes. of appreciation will hopefully be through the roof. My concern, though, is that all those venues are still going to be around. I heart just goes out to these restaurant and uh, live entertainment owners and how they're getting through things right now. Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> who knows? Who yep. knows who will be able to reopen again and do business again? And right, who yep. knows? It's, yep. a it's a different game. Different rules will apply. You know, I think so. Apply. I think so. You're in the real estate business, um, you know, but you're used to going, you know, with the flow, right? Things are up, things are down. Yeah. Things are up, things are yeah. down. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah. That's been pretty much my my professional life. I, worked for a corporation for a couple of years after I graduated from UCLA and then I've always run my own businesses since then so and when it comes to real estate yeah it's feast or famine yeah. Yeah. stop feast or famine yep yep you yeah. have become very accustomed then to being proactive and realizing that when something isn't going to go well you have to pivot got to pivot exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so oops there it is again <laughs> Uh, Oops, there it is. Oops, there it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. That is, it well, is what it is. It is. It's feast time in the real estate business right now. Oddly it enough. is. I mean, never would have imagined that in the middle of a pandemic and with everything that's going on, that the real estate market would be as crazy as as it is. You, I know, it's Nuts. really amazing. And did you own an appraisal? firm before all of the changes in that business yeah i've owned this company since 96 nice so yeah yeah there's back back when we started we could actually do work directly with loan officers right. and you know bank, if they bank. wanted yeah now it's all through the amcs and there's yeah. this um iron curtain between the appraisers and the loan originators and um it's all yeah it's it's changed a lot for sure but uh Bottom line is, you know, my, my st staff appraisers are keeping busy. I'm keeping busy. Um, unfortunately, my uh, East County guy, uh, he had to re uh, retire because he was in his early 70s and had had, had some heart surgeries um, once the pandemic kicked in. He's like, you know, I, wow. I can't go into people's houses. Uh, so I've been wow. spending a lot more time actually walking in and out of people's houses this year or in the last year than I had up to that point. How interesting. It is. It's it's, oh, it's it is it's it is interesting. I mean, you see a lot of things, but yeah, oh. I'm, I'm going in there with with I wear double mask, I wear face shield, gloves, uh, booties, booties, 
And yeah, when I come home, I strip everything off in the garage and, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not dragging this into the household. Right. You don't know where you've been. Exactly. <laughs> I might have the funk on me. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, you did study Russian relations. So, uh, you know. I did. That's right. Possible. What's that about? I know. I'm, I'm, I'm so curious. Well, this is before the, the wall fell. So it was still, you know, this is Cold War era. Oh, um, ago, so, huh? yeah, well, so this was, I was in college, what, 83 to 87. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was still was the Reagan, the Reagan years. That yeah. was that was, and uh, yeah, so obviously the wall fell and Russia collapsed, and my major just kind of went out the window. So right, what are you going to do? Get into real estate? <laughs> Let's go sell houses. They make a lot more money. Heck yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh, especially especially in this market. Yeah, yeah, it's I, great. Incredible. I grew I grew up saying. To myself oh i'm gonna have a bigger house than my parents oh my house is gonna be much bigger than this uh-huh and then i was able to buy my first house and it's just about the same size as my parents house i was like see you got to be careful you never know what's going to happen in southern california i no, bought it here in southern okay. california you gotta get yourself right. a gotcha. here. yeah oh i should i should have made that clear they live in florida <laughs> oh I, yeah, okay I in southern california gotcha yeah. okay well, well so yeah no that's that if you got yeah. anywhere close to the same square footage you've done well yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> thank you it's 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 a need of some repair but we won't go into that now uh because it's just gonna make me cry so i've got some more stories about the the show must go on if you want to hear them I, we talked about things that happened with the band but give give us and one. i i've i had all right well so i'll give you the one where the show didn't go on nope. the show went on for all the others but the one time the show did not go on is when we were in the middle of set two and somebody came into tos with a gun <gasps> and robbed um the, the cover box uh, the, you know the, the the where they were collecting the cover charges and threatened um people in the in the restaurant and then bolted and at that point um we said, or the management said, yeah, you guys should probably wrap it up tonight. So that was the only time that the show did not go on. Well, you didn't feel like playing after that? <laughs> uh, we did um, the Tier Santa community concert a couple of years ago. And uh, to our gig, I think uh, five to seven. And so about 4.45, Tyler makes the, the fatal remark that, oh, hey, we're set up early today. Because we were 15 minutes before we were supposed to start. That's when I smelled the, the electronic burning smell. Mm -hmm. uh, this is an outdoor venue, and apparently their power was pretty, uh, pretty dirty. And the smell I was smelling was my um, bass amp, the guitar head, and our light system all kind of simultaneously melting. Yeah. Yeah. So now you got to, you know couple thousand people out there on the on the grass expecting this music to start in 15 minutes and there's no bass and no guitar so show went on we, we plugged into the pa and yeah. the guitars played without effects because they were unique to, to his guitar rig and we made it work did they have to be replaced yeah yeah so that's an interesting 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 issue that that brings up mm -hmm. who who covered the cost of the replacement of the guitar and amplifier 
banded, came out of band fund. We mentioned it to the Tier Santa people. They said, well, we've had bands here in the past. We've never had issues. And, you know, the gig that we would like to be able to continue to play every summer. So you we, it uh, we just decided, yep, suck it up. That's what good business people do from time to time. They yeah. make a decision. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you take a loss. Important. Right. Exactly. Right. Nobody intended that to happen. And you could go on, you know, into a big lawsuit over it. You could take somebody to small claims court. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, what have you lost over, you know, a lot of sleep, a lot of calm and problem and a client. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you've yeah, you you've you basically burned that bridge. You'd never play that show again. Right, right. That's yeah, a fine line of knowing when to fight a battle and when to fight a battle. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to you have to know when it's appropriate. Absolutely. I think and I really do think that where service is concerned anymore, you really have to go in with the expectation that you're going to give more than you intend. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, however you want to make that work in terms of dollars and being paid for the time is up to you. But I do think that that's a great way to go into any kind of service relationship, you know, mind in your mindset, mm -hmm. you know, so, yeah. that, so that you don't start building walls around you in your business because you know you can't deal with this because this person did this or this person handled this this way or you know all this happened to us or our amp got burned out you know mm -hmm. so now whenever mm -hmm. we do a gig we got to make sure that this happens and the client has to sign right here <laughs> if the amp burns out you know i mean all of that yeah yeah Bullshit. yeah Blocker. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we bought a couple hundred dollar um, power cleansing box. So, you know, we make sure that it won't happen again. Uh, you know, le lesson learned. Yeah. But I mean, to, to kind of what you were talking about, I mean, we, we go into every show knowing that we, you know, we're putting 100% into it. And like you were alluding to earlier, you know, if there's three people there or if there's 30,000 people there, it's going to be the same level of energy that we're going to put into that show. Um, just that's that's I think the the standard that that we will meet um, any time that we're hired or volunteer to to play a show. It's the standard that we've seen when we've had the opportunity Good. to I'm work glad to hear with that. you and the way that we feel and uh, we made suggestions to you as you as you mm -hmm. mentioned and we see them coming into play and we see the band growing and changing and evolving and. You know, as as in the business that we're in, it's delightful to see. And it's probably not said enough because we don't work with you as much as we'd like to, especially now. But um, but it's it it go. It's worth saying that the the work that you put in is noticed and it's appreciated. And there will come a time again when it will be uh, a value to our clients, you know, something that they can use. And if in the meantime, anything else comes up that we can, we will, we'll, we'll reach out. We'll I really, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, you know, I mean, I have tremendous respect and affection for everybody in your organization that I've worked with. Um, the band has always been treated with utmost professionalism and we've taken your suggestions uh, 
and even your criticism criticisms at times aka <laughs> the first promo video we, we <laughs> yeah. had a limited budget but but yeah. you know you're at you are absolutely right and so you know we 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 do really much value the relationship and value your insight thank you we also value your your forward thinking and the fact that you're not just sitting around waiting for things that you're thinking about what could be next and the fact that you're willing to listen and have that conversation mm-hmm. and not take it as in you know defensively or in that it really is a criticism anything that comes up is meant to make it so that we can work together and there's we can all have a piece of the pie and make totally it understood. better. Yeah. But not, make... not everybody gets that and you guys do. Yeah, so. not, every, not everybody does. Yeah. The more value that we can bring to you uh, by reflecting what it is that you want from us, the more obviously you're going to be able to bring to your clients. And, you know, those, that's what win-win situations are, are built from. You are definitely extensions of us. That's how we <laughs> feel about you. <laughs> Thank you. Definitely. Appreciate that. We're tethered. For sure. Right. We're tethered together. Extensions, that's for sure. Love it. All right. So before we let you go, we have this little game we like to play, and it's called This or That. And Uh it's a very simple game. I'll give you an opportunity to tell me whether you want this or that by giving you uh, the option of two things. And you'll just tell us which of the two you like. Okay. All right. There's only right. 10 of them, so it won't go on too long, but it'll be fun, hopefully. Uh, all right. So the first one is Bootsy Collins or Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Bootsy. Scotch or bourbon? Scotch. <laughs> you, you thought I'd say bourbon? I, I love my scotch. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a feeling. Scarlett <laughs> Johansson or Gal Gadot? Scarlett. Mm-hmm. She's hot. She's such a good actress. Superman or Batman? Superman. Mm-hmm. Hamburgers or hot dogs? Hamburgers. Rhythm and blues or rock? R&B. Mm-hmm. Sweet or salty? Sweet. It's one of our go-to questions. All right, then. Donuts, uh, or, donuts or ice cream? Ice cream. Oh, I love ice cream. Sure just take a moment to think about ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm in my mid 50s, I, I used to have ice cream every single night. I've had to pair it back and pair it back. So it's now once once a week I get a bowl of ice cream. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, that was a staple in crushing. You could just do what I do and kill yourself every morning for, for an hour. <laughs> I work At out daily. Are you going to do a gym now? I am. I'm going to an outdoor gym. Yeah. Okay. It's All freezing, right. but it's working. Is it? I didn't go today, but yeah, yeah, the Y around the corner, that's where we've been going for decades. And uh, yeah, so they brought some cardio and some free weights outside. But today when that wind was blowing through there, uh-uh, not doing yeah. it. I'm, doing, yeah. I'm working out in, in, at home today. Oh, well, see, you can, you can do that. I have no, I'll go to the gym for an hour, but I can't, I cannot motivate myself to work out here at home. Oh, really? Yeah. Not without a not without a well built gym in my home, which is you know it's an aspiration. A, a, a boy can dream. <laughs> There's room for a second story on your house. There is, I know. We just got to yeah. get there. <laughs> so wait, I have two more for you. Two more. Oh, okay, bring wait. it. Yeah, sorry. I've t- Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Okay, 
I wasn't really sure if you'd be either of those two. We took a we took a, a stab. I at that. I wouldn't be either of them to tell you the truth. I don't really watch a lot of TV. I know my wife was I, a big I, Game of Thrones fan, so okay. There's I didn't a saga behind it, so I figured. Good, seems like a you know, I, Alex, I didn't give him the options of didn't. both or neither. So oh yeah, yeah. so so now this neither. is. Okay, well, the, you didn't have the option, so you the chose already. You can't take uh, you oh, can't take your, your you answer back. It is rules. what it is. It's Fine. going down. It doesn't Fine. matter. You I'm on your the, side, Andrew. You, you, had Alex. The, you had the rules you had. <laughs> okay, and last one. Number ten. Yes. Women's roller derby or world women's wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Uh, I guess I got to go with the roller derby. Okay. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it, folks. You heard it straight from. Right. Right. Right from the horse's mouth. <laughs> right from the that. horse's uh, mouth. Uh, yes. Technology will be forever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure of that. Yeah, please. Yeah. So when you're feeling good, we want you to be sure that you feel you remember uh -huh. this. Still right. have this material on you. Right. Uh -huh. No, no, really. It's been fun having you. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your experience with the band and uh, just a little bit about who you are with us and our listeners. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again soon. And um, just hang in there, man. Hang I in appreciate there. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. No, I can't wait to see you guys in person yeah. again. And like I said, when. When this is all over, it's it's going to be on. It's going to be on. The band's going to be on. The private events, the special events, the fundraisers. It's going to be so much pent up demand. And it we're gonna is. Have, we're going to have a great time with it, huh? Ah, uh, it Can't is wait. on. Well, I like Wolfie Kwong. That's right. Wow, that was really. A lot of fun for us to get to know Andrew Johnson from Full Strength uh, a little better than we did before. Yeah. Uh, really? what I had no idea that he was in the UCLA jazz band. I didn't either. I, we're going to have to talk to him more about that. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that was really interesting. We only knew that he had studied poli-sci at UCLA with an emphasis on Russia relations and, uh, well, we already spoke of that but really uh, he understands that music is a business and he understands that you have to move forward if you're a group that's coming together if you're artists that are pulling a product together and your desire is to get out there in front of people then i i hope you've written down some valuable lessons from andrew yeah the need to brand the i need the need to rehearse the need to have a group that is a one solid unit that is on the same path that thinks the same way uh all of those things just small things that i mentioned all are important what did i miss i missed a lot in this last recap was anything uh anything come to mind alex that well one of the things and i'm not sure we touched upon this i know within uh, uh events that he can they can pare down and you know open up with a quartet or a jazz and do all this. But the thing that I really love about that band is that they really like try to stay together because they want all of their band members to be working. So they provide a really big sound, you know, that that you don't get everywhere. Right. Well, he did just talk about the fact that he is trying to be a little bit more flexible in their formatting because there's there's been no business, but they do sound best as a big group and the things that he 
does with his group as a business. The yes. way that he brings them together um, is the key because everyone then understands that th this isn't just for kicks, that there are stakeholders, people that have paid money, people that are guests, people that are part of a program, uh, foundations that are raising money. There, there's something more at stake than just they're singing in a mic or playing a guitar. And when the band understands that as they do, it's, it's the difference in an evening, in a function, in an affair. In an affair to remember. An affair to remember. We just picked the Home Start um, fundraising uh, theme and it is, it will be a family, it's a family affair. Mm. Uh, and I think that will be fun, 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 fun for us when we determine what it is we're going to do. On that note, uh, I think we can wrap up this episode with Andrew Johnson uh, of Full Strength, not the late president who didn't show up at his professor's <laughs> inauguration. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and review us on whatever platform you, you are listening to us on. Uh, and if you have any event information, any event entertainment questions, any event engagement questions, please email us at info at bolotted.com or find us at bolotted.com. Just check out the Bolotify tab and ask your question or leave your comment there. Hey, we're looking forward to some happy music now that it's 2021. I'm sure we're going to start hearing it again. Alex, last words? Uh, congratulations, America, on what's going to be a wonderful year. I know that we're going to move forward. And by the end, mid to end of this year, we're going to be back in full swing. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. Amen Bye. to that. Amen, sister. Everybody, thank you so much. And as I like to say, as we end our uh, podcast, have a great night and who cares? Okay, cool.